Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Boom! Time now to talk with Dylan Colley, the former BYU wide receiver, joins us once a week. Dylan, good morning. Good morning. How are we going? It's going well. Today we would like to discuss with you style points. It's getting late in the year. BYU's undefeated. They're eighth in the country. Well, according to the media poll and the coaches poll, they are. We'll find out what the committee thinks of them. But if they needed to make an impression... How much do style points matter to you? How much does a team need to win by? Is the answer as much as possible, score with two minutes left? Is there a limit after a 20, 30, or 40-point win? Do you no longer care? What do you think? I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't say that, right, style points don't matter. I also I do think that there is a level of sportsmanship, but that is a very fine line. I think, you know, when you get up and you're in a controlling situation where your players are only having to play, you know, the first three quarters, I think there's enough style points there. I also think that, you know, when your punter takes off, uh, you know, and, and runs for a first down on fourth and 15, right, uh, that's a punter being a punter. And we need to respect that and, you know, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate a punter who's just trying to make a play. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think you need to be in a very controlling situation, uh, after three quarters to where you can say, Hey, we're up by 40 and we can pull our starters and bring in our backups and, and they can perform at a, at a good, good enough level to maintain, you know, that, that sort of dominance. So how about a compromise? Go for style points in the first three quarters. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I think that should be your goal all the time, right? When you say, you know, don't take your foot off the gas or uh, I don't know if this is, uh, you know, a lot of coaches say things like, you know, step on their throats. I don't know if that's very appropriate, but, (laughs) you know, uh, you need to be able to do that in the first three quarters. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's what you have to do. I, I can't sit back and just say, "Hey, let's you know, let's take our foot off the gas," right? There, there's sportsmanship is shown throughout all three quarters as well, right? And when you're dominating, you're dominating, and that's if you're a Division One football team and you're getting beat by fifty, you you know you need to, that's that's not BYU's fault or that's not Alabama's fault. That's the other team's fault, and and maybe it's a little eye-opening to what they need to do better and the resources that they need to provide so that they can actually compete at this level. So there are probably people listening to this who are thinking, well, that's great, get a big lead, but uh, play some of these young guys and start getting ready for next year because next year presumably the schedule will be back to what we've been used to the last few years and it'll be front-loaded with a bunch of teams and you need to get some of these young guys work now. There's probably another group of people saying next year will take care of itself, seal the deal and get in a New Year's Six Bowl and blow somebody out and play all the front-line guys. Where do you fall on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that just goes back, right? If you're up 40 points in the third, you know, at the end of the third quarter, let's get the other guys in and start building, right? And I think that is a huge part of the development. Um, 
a huge part of the development so that they can, you know, get that game experience and, and be ready for next season so that they can continue this thing on. on. And it's not just a, a, a one-hit wonder. So correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan. I would put you in the category of, and I know you went to Hawaii, but what I would call the traditional BYU football player, meaning you went on a mission, I think you did, uh, and mm-hmm. then somewhere along the line you come back. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I served a mission. Yeah, okay. So then you come back. Now you go to Hawaii, Just, but for for sake of argument, say you would have stayed at BYU, and it doesn't really matter that you went to Hawaii, but somewhere along the line you got married during your college football career, which a lot of the BYU guys do. So my point in all of this is, is that now we're presented with this unusual situation. You're a little bit older than the average senior, but you have this opportunity to return because this is a free year. Put yourself in this position if this would have been you a couple years back, if we would have had that. What do you think about the idea of returning to play some more? So I I actually think about this. I had this conversation with my wife as well. because we think about, I, I think about this pretty regularly. If this would have happened, um, you know, based on if, if let's, you know, like you're saying, right? If my career was the same, it was, um, if I, if you just took me from Hawaii and just put me at BYU, and my stats and my play and everything was the exact same, right? You know, I was in a pretty good position to where. Uh, if I would have stayed consistent, right, at my junior year, and then the same things would have led to my senior year, in my eyes, I, I would have had a shot to play in the NFL, right? Was I ever going to be a draft guy? Even if I would have had, you know, I had 56 catches my junior year, if I would have even kept consistent and had, you know, 60, 70 catches my senior year, I was never going to be, right, a first, second, third, fourth-round draft pick. Um, and so I knew that, and I was okay with that. It was, okay, if I continue to play well enough, I could maybe right be a very, very late-round draft pick or most likely have a shot right to be a, a, a priority free agent. And so in that situation, I wouldn't have come back. Uh, I would have you know moved on after my senior year and because you do get to that age where it's, you know, I, I was playing as a 26-year-old senior. Um, and if yeah. I didn't have a shot, yes, I love football, but it, it's time to kind of move on and, and take care of take care of the family. Now, if the transfer, if, if it would have been the same situation, but the transfer happened, right, where I would have come into BYU and we really only had an offense the last four games of the season, um, you know, in, in terms of scheme, in terms of comfort, right? Uh, I mean, this would have been awesome because I would have come back my senior year because I do think that it would have given me a better shot to, to move on and, and play at the next level. So the NFL guys are going to go. The guys who are deep on the depth chart, my guess is that they're going to go because they don't want to practice football for another year and they don't think they can play because <laughs> guys are being recruited over the top of them. So, But is there a small sweet spot of, I don't know what it would be, six to eight to ten guys of a, of a class who are going to take advantage of this at any given school? Maybe less so at BYU because they're even two years older? Absolutely. I think you have to. One hundred percent. Is 
explain what the commitment is of a of a varsity of well not just varsity but a D one player at, at something. We'll just use BYU because you're pretty much devoting almost your entire life to it, aren't you? What just run us through what what goes on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, from right start to finish. After you know, obviously there's that six months of fall camp, of, of the fall, right, where where you're actually playing football. Um, everything you know before that and after that is really where the dedication and that work kind of kind of gets into place. And um, you know, at Hawaii, uh, I was my day to day was it was the same, right? Nothing ever changed, and I'd wake up and we'd go work out. Our workouts were anywhere between you know seven and nine o'clock. Um, and you'd start out on the field, right, for an hour, hour and a half, doing your mobility, uh, running through speed workouts, conditioning, and then you'd go spend an hour, hour and a half in the weight room. Uh, after that, you know, depending on your class schedule, uh, mine was in a, a place where I could take a lot of online classes and, you know, didn't have to be on campus as much. Um, and so, you know, a couple of us would go and train uh, at a place in Hawaii to get some extra physical work in, work on our core um, strength and, and a few other areas. And so that was uh, about an hour and a half, two hours at least. Um, then you'd go to class, you'd eat lunch, and then we'd go, uh, we'd go throw for, you know, hour, hour and a half. Um, and then you'd head up to the, to the football offices and watch film as, as long as possible. And that was probably going to be an hour, hour and a half. And then, you go home, and uh, luckily I had a, a wife who supported me, and we'd figure out what we were going to eat for dinner, and we'd go to bed, and you'd run it back, and you'd do that about, mm, you know, six, seven months out of the year. And then once you get to the season, it's, okay, now you're up in the morning. If you are banged up at all, right, you're in the training room as soon as you wake up. So have a set time where they say, hey, at 6, 6.30, right, a.m. before class, you need to come in and get treatment. So then you'd be in that early to get treatment. Then you'd go to class, right? And then after class, anywhere in between class, if you have a two-hour break, and let's say you're banged up, which, you know, six, seven, eight games in the season, chances are you're pretty banged up if you're playing, you're expected to be back in the training room getting treatment. And then you go to class again, right? And then, you know, uh, at depending on the time, right, when everyone's done, at uh, 2, 3 o'clock, you're going to have meetings and you're going to have team meetings, and you're going to have position meetings, and then you're going to have special teams meetings, and then you're going to work out. And that, even during the season, that's going to be an hour, hour and a half. Um, and then you're going to go to practice at 4 o'clock, and you're going to have practice for an hour and a half, two hours. And then you're going to go watch film. And then you're going to go home. You're going to try and get your homework done. If you have a wife, right, you're going to hang out with your wife and your family. And then you're going to go to bed, and you're going to run that back again. Um, and that is, you know, that is no lie, right? Like, I'm telling you no exaggeration. That was my life specifically and the life of at least, you know, 70% of Division One college football athletes uh, across the country. So the really good guys move on to the NFL. The guys who can't get on the field move in because that's too big an investment if you're not playing. But for these other guys, I'm also curious. It's kind of the ugly underside. Uh, how much will coaches say, hey, we want the scholarship back, and you, son, you need to move on? Yeah. 
And this, uh, like, it is, right, it is a business. As much as people want to say college football and, you know, amateur sports, like, college football is a business. The NCAA has shown that it's a business. Um, and, you know, those, those conversations are going to have to take place because you only have a certain amount of scholarships. And so you're not going to, you know, sacrifice, let's say, a guy who, uh, if I would have transferred into BYU and didn't contribute in any way, shape, or form, and it was like, hey, Dylan, you were terrible, right? <laughs> like, you were not a good idea. Uh, you know, coaches need to have that conversation and be able to say, okay, this freshman is going to help us in the long run, whereas this person is just coming back to maybe put on the jersey or, you know, is a decent practice player. Um, it all goes back to this is Division One college football. Uh, if you're up by 50, you, you know, and if you can do it with your backups, you can do continue to do that with your backups, right? Uh, if there's a freshman that's coming in who's going to make a bigger impact than the senior who's already been there for four years and hasn't done much, um, then you need to you need to be willing to have that conversation, and and that's that's going to happen. So for the guys who are getting all this playing time and getting all the glory and the fame, and you were in two situations where you played on football teams that really mattered in the community over there in the islands, and then we know here in Utah how big yep. of a deal it is to be a BYU football player. So there's some attachment of uh, fame and glory there, especially if you're getting the playing time. But how fun is it for the guys who aren't the stars? And that that's that's all situational, right? Because I know a lot of guys. I mean, at, at Hawaii, at Hawaii, you really are, you know, when it comes down to a, the most similar situation, right, where you're playing for a culture, and you're playing for something just bigger than, right, uh, than you know, just a team. Uh, Hawaii is one of those places, just as much as BYU is, right, where you're playing for the islands, you're playing for an entire culture. And dudes on our team absolutely just love this, right? Especially the kids who are from Hawaii who wouldn't have had a chance to really play college football anywhere else. And so that opportunity just to be on the sidelines and just to be able to put on a Hawaii jersey, that, like, that matters. And, and people were okay getting absolutely torn and thrown around, um, you know. And you talk about – well, Dylan, I don't know about getting your, you know, about taking the pedal off the gas and what happens in the third quarter. I mean, I was on that team where we were the ones that got beat by 50, 55, 60 points. Um, and so I've, I've experienced the worst of the worst. But, you know, people are still willing to, to come out and just be on the team. Uh, that's, to me, like, I couldn't do that because it is, it is such a time commitment. Dylan Colley joining us, former BYU wide receiver. Are you feeling pretty good about their New Year's Six plans now? You figuring that they're in? Assuming they yeah, beat San Diego State? Yeah. I feel, I feel very good about it. Which is why they have to have style points then, right? At 100%. <laughs> like, if, if they're, you can't, you know, it just goes back to, well, okay, Boise State, right? Without Hank Bachmeyer like we said from the very beginning, without the starting quarterback, right, you need to win by 30, 40, 50 points. And that's what they did. They have literally done everything that everybody has asked them to do. The only yeah. thing that hasn't been done is for the people who are saying, 
you know, oh, the only way that this is going to work out is if you put another team on the schedule. Right. But far and wide, every person, you know, uh, I think Brady Quinn, you know, this last weekend was one of the few doubters who kind of, and that was, and that was toward the, the college football playoffs. Right. right. You had right, a yeah. panel of Urban Meyer, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn, and Brady Quinn was the only person that said, I don't feel good about it because of the offensive line. Now, right. clearly, Brady Quinn hasn't watched the BYU football game all year or hasn't kept up with BYU's offensive line that hasn't changed for the last four years, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think if anybody else wants to complain, you don't even have to talk to Twitter. You don't have to go to the local, right? You don't have to talk to just BYU fans. Go complain to Urban Meyer, right? Uh, Liner, Reggie Bush, and even Brady Quinn. Go, go complain to them and see what they have to say about it. Dylan, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Yep. Have a great week, fellas.